Welcome, my friends, to this fine radio program known internationally as Smokin' and Toastin'. It's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Show number 108 is here, and we are glad that you are here because it's a a darn fine place to be. You do that intro so well. Have you ever thought about like uh, actually getting into the radio industry? <laughs> Perhaps one day I'll look into that. <laughs> Nobody wants to get into the radio industry right now. Trust me. Is there an it's industry sad, anymore? It's a sad, sad situation. It's in decline. Yeah. The well, problem what, with the problem with the radio industry is now you can listen to what you want when you want, and mm-hmm, guess what? You mm-hmm. don't always have to listen to all those commercials yeah. either. Uh, and somehow people have discovered. Apparently, I don't know if you know this or not, but more than twelve songs have actually been recorded. Wait a second. Who knew? Are you suggesting Who that, knew? Are you suggesting that Led Zeppelin and ACDC both recorded more than 12 yes, songs? they both recorded more than 12 songs. Yeah, both of them did. Yeah. That's very strange. Not to mention other artists. There are certain the large companies out there that don't believe that. <laughs> they don't. They absolutely don't. Well, welcome to the show. It's show number 108. Uh, Smoking and Toasting is brought to you by our fine friends at B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork, uh, shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. And let me just say, uh, by the way, uh, kudos to Adam who put the video montage together that went along with the theme song at the top of the show, which is so very cool. Yeah, so uh, so that was our first time to, to do that one, and I absolutely loved it. Thank you, uh, Thank you, Speaking Adam. Speaking of that, on the shops at uh, uh, Fort Worth, by the way, um, mm-hmm. at our event next week. By the mm-hmm. way, did you realize we have an event next yes, week? The whiskey first event. Yes, I'm so yes. excited about that. Very We're going to have Jeremiah there. Mm-hmm. We'll be able to nail him down, and maybe we can nail down when we're going to uh, let's do Fort it. Worth. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, because we because we want to go up there and and do the show live from there. And uh, everybody said, "Oh yeah, that's a great idea." We just have not gotten it onto the calendar yet. So, <laughs> uh, so we'll try to do that. Uh, we have uh, a, an amazing guest on today. We'll be speaking to her by phone, Laurie Nadeau from Smoke and Mary. Smoke and Mary is this very they're uh, they're out of Austin, um, and they are this very cool. Um, Bloody Mary Mix uh, company And she sent us a sample Both of us have tried it uh, before So I made Bloody Marys last night Is that what you did? Yes, yeah, I did so, uh, so both of us have tried it We'll talk about that We'll talk to Lori And uh, and we'll find out why This particular Bloody Mary Mix Is not only good for uh, pouring a little vodka into But is great for cooking as well, oh. uh, which is uh, which is very exciting. I uh, do want to say a special thanks to our special guest last week, Wade Woodard from TaterTalk.com. Man, that guy was he was so awesome. much fun, wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, we just had a good time. We were drinking whiskey and and uh, and it was yeah. We got to we got to have him back on when we're yeah. Uh, he was a blast out to have. And, and like, we talk can, about a guy on the inside too, especially in the Texas, <laughs> yes. uh, in the Texas. Uh, libation scene mm-hmm. and a couple of other uh, quick shout outs want to say thanks i like to say thanks to the guys from beam suntory and jim beam uh got invited out to hang with them and do a little tasting i'm and so sorry you, i missed you you uh, you couldn't be there it was uh, it was a bummer so you would have you would have really enjoyed this we uh hung out with the jim beam master distiller uh but this is the guy that's responsible for little box and uh, little book uh, a little book i'm sorry when i say little box because i have a pepper uh, box cigar that's in here. why i knew you threw me <laughs> off i remember looking at the pepper box um uh but uh, and you know knob creek we had some, we had some whiskey that were amazing and and just sat and talked to uh, spirits do they do they do compass great. box too is that the other reason maybe that's it uh, maybe that's it maybe that's it so thanks to those guys and uh, also want to shout out to trey boring our buddy with uh, cigars for warriors ian and i took the trip out 
to uh, well for us it was a little bit of a trip mm-hmm. uh, but out to Webster uh, to the smoke ring on that Saturday was a great time. had a wonderful time smoked a cigar in their uh, awesome little uh, what a great lounge uh, too lounge like yeah. what an open and friendly lounge and so we, what we did is we they had a special going on Oliva cigars mm-hmm. that if you bought a box that you uh, got this. Um, extra bonus pack with all these Oliva family cigars in it. And so Ian and I, we split a box, and then we took the bonus pack. We donated that to Cigars mm-hmm. for Warriors. So we got something for us and got to contribute to the deal and uh, to the cause. It was good those Melanias are so good. Oh, man, are they? I don't have as many left. Now, we really also should. got a chance to talk to the CLE rep a little bit, too. Yes, yes, and they had some good stuff going on as well. And he told me... He is the little birdie that told me. Remember the cigar that I laid on you? Uh, it was a couple months ago. It was the CLE mm-hmm. CBT, right? Yeah, it was wonderful, and I loved it so mm-hmm. much. And I was just like, "This is such a great cigar." Such he goes, "Rich he Maduro goes, flavor well, to it." That's the original Triple Maduro. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, no wonder." From Camacho. Yes. Yes. So very good. So the guys that blended that basically at Camacho are now at CLE. Yep. Yeah, so that's so that's where that came from. So, so speaking of cigars, we are excited to talk about the whiskey sniff. That, that seemed like I messed up there because I said speaking of cigars and then whiskey sniff. But cigars are very much a part of the whiskey sniff, and it's going on uh, a week from yesterday. It's next Wednesday at B&B Butchers and Restaurant in Houston on Washington Ave. We'll be on the upstairs area. Tickets are on sale now. There are still tickets available, so you can still get these. And I'm telling you, it is well worth the price of admission. It's 125 it's bucks. You're going to get cigars when you when you walk in. And uh, then then the whiskey sniff itself takes place. We're going to have tons of different whiskeys. I'll run down a little list for you in a minute of just some of the ones that we're going to have there. Um, but basically, you'll do what Ian does, which is you'll uh, smoke a little bit of your cigar and then... this. This event is all about pairing your cigar with your whiskey That's and right. doing it in the most wonderful, simplistic way that I have ever come up with. Mm-hmm. And um, it makes total sense. And trust me, I've come up with some pretty outlandish ways to pair cigars <laughs> and whiskey. Um, but mostly, <laughs> I bet you have. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? Sometimes my sometimes, sometimes my innies are outies, yes, but. That's right. um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh no no i mean the beautiful thing about this is you you let your you let your nose decide what mm-hmm. goes with what That's right and you go you you're, you're gonna have enough cigars to go out choose which cigar you want um you're gonna start your cigar you're gonna get you know half inch into the cigar get that mm-hmm. flavor all up in your palate um and then you go in and you get to try and and, and understand you can try Tons of whiskeys at this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yeah, right. You're not limited to just sniffing one and getting right. That. You right. can try tons of them, so you can treat it like a whiskey event if you really want. The, However, yes, the whole point of this really is, about is to find what pairs with it. And sometimes it's not the 30 year old. Sometimes it's the 12 year old. Sometimes it's uh, uh, sometimes it's a uh, um, tequila or something like that. But you go around, and you smell, and you get those flavor profiles in your nose, and you'll know when it hits you. You'll know which one you want with this cigar that's right that's right and you start there and then the nice thing about that is it evolves your mm-hmm. flavor profile will evolve because now you'll have the flavors of the previous whiskey plus your cigar and then you go try something else and you try something else you try all these different pairings guess what i have never gone wrong sniffing my whiskey that's right it's it just it always it, works. it always works because you can tell what right. will pair and when you have a lot to choose from see a lot of people don't have uh, as many whiskeys they're not as you know they haven't been doing it as long they're not they haven't bought as many bottles right they don't have the kind of collection that you've got at home well so with a collection the, the sniff is going to make your collection look little though <laughs> yes you know with with a collection there's a breaking point you have to eventually like 
for a long time, I'd like I'd have a bottle of scotch and a bottle of bourbon, you know, things like that. And the problem is when you have a bottle of scotch and you want scotch, you just drink that you, bottle you just of scotch. That right? bottle. Eventually, yes, you just drink that bottle. Right. Yep. When you have ten bottles of scotch. Then you start getting into that, hmm, which one do I want? Do, right, and that's the fun of it. I, <laughs> I, I, I really Absolutely. think it is. You know? And this, you know, so the nice thing about this, too, is consider this. How much would it cost you to go try 10 scotches at any bar that has oh good scotches? At any bar. Never mind buying the bottles. So right. No, no, them just trying them yeah, at home, right, right, which yeah. is cheaper than buying the bottle. Mm-hmm. But still, <clears throat> I mean, like. A good scotch, a lot of the ones with the profile that we have here are going to be easily above $20 per try and, and, and all the way up into the triple digits. Well, even. and you're talking about numerous iterations from Balvenie Absolutely. and Glenfiddich. If that were it, if we were cutting it off right there, it'd be totally worth doing. Right. You know? But we're not telling more. Dew will be there. Uh, we'll have the new Fistful of Bourbon if you have not oh, tried that. Oh, that's so is, fun. It's so fun. Uh, and uh, we're also going to have uh, Four Roses. There's a special Four Roses. That we're getting, uh, we're getting a special yellow rose uh, from uh, Yellow Rose. That's going to be fantastic. Uh, and that's just, again, that's just naming a few. There's going to be a number of different uh, makers. Mark, uh, there's going to be a number of different uh, things for you to try. And what I think is interesting is is if you're if you're a, a whiskey snob. If you're one of the, uh, well, I only drink the single malt, and I only drink the 15-year plus, you might be pleasantly surprised at how some of these others that you would never have gone and bought a, bottle, bought a bottle of will pair with your cigar. And on the flip side, if you're somebody that you know doesn't have the coin to necessarily drop down uh, and buy some of the more expensive, more aged single malt, you may have a chance to try some of those mm-hmm. uh, at the Whiskey Sniff. So it's going to be good. There'll also be uh, rum available. Uh, uh, we'll have uh, some tequila, in particular the Patron Añejo that we raved mm-hmm. about, if you recall, from the 100th show. Uh, that That is going to be there, uh, as well as uh, a number of other things. I think we're going to have some uh, cognacs and some other things as well. There's going to be a lot of fun and spirits. And the there. bottled and brand brandy that, uh, that Jeremiah has been going on about i'm so excited about that so that's gonna be fun it's just gonna be it's it's so much fun well you know and and the big wild card in this is everybody's palate's different Mm -hmm. so you get to go in and you get to try this and then whoever you end up talking to or your friend that you brought with you or whatever they're gonna be like well i matched it with this right oh well let me try that and you 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 get open up into so many new flavors this way go to eventbrite.com search whiskey sniff and you will uh you'll be led to the uh, ticket purchase area and uh, again i'm telling you it's well worth it i haven't even mentioned this and this is worth the ticket price alone uh that they're going to be passing around food from b&b oh, there's man. bacon in your future there's my bacon friend. in the future yes <laughs> oh yeah yeah the the, the past hors d'oeuvres are going to be so yeah, good i can't i can't wait and there'll be music and it'll be the whole thing's just going to be a lot of fun you'll be hanging out with uh, a bunch of cigar and whiskey and and spirit geeks like uh, like Ian and me and we can't wait to see you there it's am, am i now a spirit geek you are a spirit geek i yes. mean i guess i have a collection of whiskey mm-hmm. and i have a podcast about it mm-hmm but does that really make me a geek? I got to tell my mom that I was spirit-filled. She was very excited. <laughs> and um, I think that perhaps she m- maybe wasn't quite following. Draw your own conclusions. Draw your own conclusions, <laughs> yes. Okay, we got a lot of great stuff going on on the show today. Uh, there's a lot happening out there in the world of cigars and beers and spirits. We'll get to some of that. Laurie Nadeau from uh, Smoke and Mary, the, uh, the wonderful... Um, a Bloody Mary mix uh, will be on with us uh, coming up, I believe, in the next se- segment. We're also going to be covering this. It's kind of like a Beer 101 for us today. 
why your beer foam is so important. Foam matters. A lot of people don't think that foam matters, but it does. And I'm not talking about a mattress. Uh, I'm talking about your beer. <laughs> um, the foam matters. And so we'll get to that. We're very excited about uh, being able to share this with you. Plus, Eloquence Magazine has named their top cigar for 2018. Their top cigar. Yeah, and it's ridiculous. It's stupid. And it is Eloquence share. Magazine. Yeah, and I will share it with you uh, uh, coming up. Plus, higher FDA fees are on the way. That means higher cigar prices. But, you know, Ian, I think we should trust the FDA to do the right thing, don't you? Well, if they have a choice we of just... raising prices or lowering prices. Yeah, which do you think they would do? Well, yeah. let me see. They probably are going to sit back and go, hmm, hmm, we could raise prices. Or we could actually lower them. Yeah. And we, we could Let's try to get, raise them. We could try to get premium cigars exempted from FDA regulation. Or we could just trust the FDA to do the right thing. Like this price increase is a perfect example of the right thing. Right. Not. Because cigars aren't taxed enough. I just I just went very That's 90s on you. very facetious, just, by the way, what I just said. Yes. I just went very 90s on you and did not. Not. <laughs> That's so 90s. <laughs> Was the, the guy from Anthrax that shaved it in his chest? Yes. <laughs> said not. All right. We will be back for round two. It's Smoking and Toasting. Thank you for joining us. We're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant. And we're going to be spending some substantial time there on Wednesday uh, for the whiskey sniff. And I can't wait. It's going to be That's so gonna be awesome. Back to smoking and toasting. It is uh, show number one hundred and eight. We're talking Bloody Marys today, and uh, we are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Plus, coming up later in the show, why your beer foam is important. Beer one hundred and one. And uh, right now, we are thrilled uh, to bring on to the program our special guest for the show today, uh, Laurie. Laurie, is it Nadeau or Nadu or how do you say your last name? Uh, well, we say it all kinds of different ways. Okay. Uh, between my husband's family and I, uh, we say it different, but we'll just go with Nadu. 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 Lori is with Smoke and Mary, which is a, I, I understand, relatively new uh, Bloody Mary mix. How long has Smoke and Mary been out? Well, um, it has been out on the market just three years. Okay. So it's still... Still kind of a still kind of a baby product then, and and kind of getting its traction. Um, Lori, we uh, Ian and I both had gotten a, a bottle of this. Thank you very much. And we uh, we both made Bloody Marys last night, independently of each other, and then came in and compared our notes. And uh, we found that we found your mix to be savory and delicious. I don't want to speak for you, Ian. Uh, j- jump in. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things that uh, one of the reasons I probably don't make Bloody Marys more often is just, and I, I'm, you know, I'll just say being lazy, like not wanting to, you know, round up horseradish and like you know, all the different things that it takes to go into them. But it it always felt like that if you didn't do that, if you just you know dumped a can of V8 in a, a glass and added vodka. That you just got this kind of pedestrian Bloody Mary. And this is not the case. I mean, your mix like really is uh, savory and and uh, delicious. It's not like over the top spicy, but you can you can tell that you're having a Bloody Mary. Uh, what do, what do you do? What's different about yours from some of the other uh, mixes that we might find out there? 
Well, um, first of all, I'll, I'll kind of give you a little bit of background. It, it took me five years in 16 revisions to get it where it is. Um, one of the things, you know, I've never personally been a Bloody Mary drinker because of the same thing that most people experience is that it gets watered down and it turns into just a nasty drink and you yeah, drink it a, to hurry up and get the alcohol. Right. <laughs> so some thin tomato water after yeah. a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I call it the pink sludge. <laughs> Without the sludge, it's pretty clear. Right, I get but, it. Um, so I really, you know, I wanted to create something for the people, you know, the Bloody Mary lovers and for those who aren't Bloody Mary lovers because they've had bad experiences. But I wanted something that was simple, super simple. So all you had to do is add your booze, add your ice, and you'd be done. You wouldn't have to add the horseradish and all the things that you talked about having mm-hmm. to do to doctor it up. And so, you know, I I'd, I'd started playing around with tomatoes and smoking salsas and all that, and I thought, wow, this would actually be good, you know, in the Bloody Mary, right, a, a smoke. Right. And that's totally different, gives it a completely different uh, dimension, um, flavors. Everything is just really hearty. And I don't use tomato juice, per se. So I, or I don't use reconstituted anything. Everything's fresh. So this so is actual tomatoes, squeezed tomatoes. Crushed. Crushed, okay. I, I was using the word squeezed, but yes, it's crushed. I know, you You boys like to squeeze things. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just a natural path for you. Yes, it's uh, it's kind of instilled at birth, I think. But uh, uh, but yes, you're you're correct. But uh, but what obviously any time you go fresh over, you know, reconstituted or frozen and thawed, uh, obviously you're talking about a more refined kind of taste, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and one of the things that, uh, you know, the pleasant surprise for me was all the different comments that I would get from people where they would pull out ingredients like, is there dill in this? And I'll be like, well, yeah, there is. It's a real small portion, mm-hmm. but everybody could taste every individual ingredient. You can taste celery. You can taste everything right. in it, which, it, it, I mean, all the all the dimensions just made it fantastic and then the other fun part and since you guys are you like your whiskeys i'm not sure if you tried this with whiskey no i did i, I did well you did i did so uh so that interesting that had to be an interesting i would never think of trying a bloody oh, mary mix like this I, you know so i went on the website yeah and i thought okay she's gonna have uh, a recipe for her cocktail right mm-hmm. and i was looking for what do i put in it and all I got was put ice and mix and vodka mm-hmm. or tequila or tequila or, or whiskey gin. or gin yeah, right. or and I only got so far because by the way after a few of those you know there's only so much you can do in one night <laughs> that's right <laughs> but <laughs> so I tried the first one I tried I used a dripping springs vodka which is my go-to now mm-hmm. and, absolutely and uh. And I, of course, I cut a celery stock because I don't feel like you can actually have a mark, uh, a Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary without a, without without a, a celery, celery stock. Yeah. Like you just have to have you it. See, I've always believed cut it a long angle, yeah. as my brother instructed me, because that way it soaks up as much of the see. I've always Bloody Mary, and you get as much celery in there as possible. I've always believed that celery is really made for only two things: uh, chopped up in uh, various Asian dishes. And with pimento cheese in the center. <laughs> that's that's how I do celery. But but I know but I know it's kind of a standard thing. It's no, so uh, and so okay. Can I, let me just let me just talk about my experience because it's funny you you mentioned the whiskey thing too. Um, I told my wife I said uh, I have to um, 
I have to try this Bloody Mary mix. I have to try it a few different ways. And she goes, okay, well, I'll stop and get you know Bloody Mary ingredients. So she bought the horseradish. She bought the celery salt. She bought not realizing all that you these didn't things need all that. and yeah. Tabasco and everything else, right? Mm-hmm. And when I looked up your thing online, when I got home, I looked at it and I was like, do you just add these things? And it was delicious. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely fantastic right out the bat. You know, what I was going to uh, mention about it, too, was that you know I made mine and then I retired out to the uh, the veranda uh, or, or balcony uh, and I uh, I lit up a cigar and I was uh, I was reading uh, a book on my uh, on my iPad and what I noticed was in in a way that I would compare to drinking whiskey that it got more interesting as the ice melted agreed a little bit like uh, what mm-hmm. Ian and I both enjoy taking if we're you know doing a whiskey neat we'll just put a single cube of ice in it and then enjoy kind of how the flavor changes and and the different notes and stuff that you get and it was the same thing as this as the ice melted a little bit in this uh, bloody mary i could taste different things that were obviously not the vodka but the but the mix you know what was in the mix and so i right. thought that was really interesting i've never encountered that with the bloody mary before Usually, right. like you and said, you're trying to keep it from getting watered down, just right. gulp the alcohol down, you know? <laughs> well, the, the reason why that happens, and, and definitely I call that, um, you know, where the flavors open up. Mm-hmm. Is, That's it, a good way you of saying it. And basically, yes. it's, it's the pulp, because I use the pulp of everything, the pulp of the horseradish, the pulp of the lemon and lime, and the pulp of the tomatoes. So that pulp holds on to that flavor all the way to the bottom of the glass. So that's why as you're drinking it and as the ice melts, that pulp releases more. That's also why as, I ditch my straw. Yes. It's not oh, yeah. it's better not with a straw. <laughs> and and by the way, you also want to make sure you shake that bottle before you make your cocktail. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I shook the cocktail in a uh, the Bloody Mary in a shaker, although I did not shake it vigorously like if I was making a margarita. I shook it uh, pretty gently. Uh, but but it was uh, it was great for cooling it off and 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 I thought mixed everything in uh, a little bit better. Um, Lori, this mix doesn't the one that we tried was the smoking mix, right? It's it's the one with all yeah, the smoke stuff w- in it. I just have one. Okay, um, you just for have now. the one, right? Uh, yes, well, it is. It, it it's really something. I have to say, it's delicious. And um, my wife is actually very excited. She made me promise not to drink too much of it. Uh, last night because she's very excited about trying it in uh, in some dishes she wants to make. She she was on the website and looking at the uh, some of the recipes I and saw stuff. Was a recipe and section. the way that you can yeah. use it uh, in in cooking. Did w- was that something you had in mind when you blended this, or did that just happen? It just happened. Really? My, uh, my yeah, I was all about the drink, you know. Smoking Mary and my ginger, husband's. <laughs> yeah, smoking Mary ginger glazed fried chicken. I'm looking here. Uh, oh, soy glazed good. spare ribs, award-winning chili. Oh my God! I'm, I, I'm, I'm, let's. Oh, I bet it's good. In let's chili. wrap the show up. I need to go cook. <laughs> uh, I'm oh, sorry. Baked I, chicken, I, ribs, marinade. Yeah. I interrupted everything. you, uh, Laura. You were saying your husband is your husband a cook? He's a gourmet cook, ah. so he can turn anything into a fantastic meal. And I'm not that person. I just happen to be the creator of the mix because I. I know flavors, and I like full flavor and full body and everything. Um, and, you know, he just kind of started cooking with it, and my sisters are gourmet cooks, and they kind of started cooking with it and saying, hey, we need to put recipes on the website. Now, of course, that was a daunting task for me because I manage everything on the website, and I'm like, oh, i got to figure that out now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right? I'm like, thanks, but Great, no thanks. more work. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, right. And so now we have 39 food recipes on there. Um, it's really good as a dip. I mean, you can whip it up with just some cream cheese, and you've got a great quick dip. You can make guacamole out of it. Uh, I bet that's uh, good. I bet that is marinade. Good. Here's a good one. We did this uh, just a couple weeks ago for Labor Day weekend. Marinade a brisket in it, and then Ooh. smoke the brisket Ooh. for several hours. Get that nice crust on it, and then you're going to make a barbecue sauce out of the leftover marinade. Don't throw that away. You're going to cook that down with some bourbon and some molasses. That, that recipe's on there as well. And that just, oh, what a meal. You are I, so I speaking am, my language. I there. am so hungry right now. <laughs> well, it is a little bit after lunch for you. Yeah, so yeah. I have to tell you, um, I, was, I was drinking my second one, and I was thinking to myself, like, this... It actually has a bit of a barbecue sauce flavor. Now it's not, obvi- not not like barbecue sauce, like real sweet, like like what you just generally put on barbecue. But it's the tanginess. But it has some of that on the nose, especially, and a little bit of bacon kind of. Right? Maybe the smokiness just pulls that across for yeah, me. Yeah, that's and the hickory smoke does that. Right, and I love the I love like when you get a really nice Bloody Mary, the garnish on it is always awesome, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I garnished mine, and uh, I garnished with with what i had and after smelling the bloody mary i thought you know what goes with this a pickle and some meat <laughs> yep yes yes no doubt bacon by the way that pickle bacon. went great with it. i didn't have any bacon cooked up <laughs> so i was a little sad about that but i actually <laughs> thought you know what would be great garnish on this particular uh bloody mary yeah when you just make it with with uh with the the vodka like you say is you need a stick and you need a few pieces of barbecue brisket mm-hmm. and some pickles and maybe mm-hmm. a little bit of onion on there. I was there. gonna say some good barbecue with pickles. That would be amazing. Oh, oh yeah, going together with that, that would be absolutely yeah, amazing. Because I've seen it with, I've seen Bloody Marys with summer sausage and all kind of other stuff stuck to it. Lloyd, that would be. Lloyd, do you have a uh, favorite spirit other than vodka to mix with this out of uh, the ones that it suggests? What do you yeah. think is the best? Okay, so here's my challenge with that because you know I am in the booze industry like you, um, you kind of go by your moods. So someday mm-hmm. you feel like tequila, and tequila is fantastic with a tiny splash of orange juice. Um, sometimes you feel like some Jameson. I know Jameson is probably a bad bad word for you because it's oh, not. No. Oh, no. As, no there's nothing okay. wrong with Jameson. Nothing wrong with Jameson. Okay. Yeah. So love it with Jameson. Um, Bacardi rum is fantastic if you want kind of mm-hmm. a light summery drink. Mm-hmm. So I call that my toes in the sand. Nice. Um, <laughs> even, <laughs> white wine is delicious. Really? Light I wouldn't have thought beer. of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, white wine I didn't have anything wine? light enough to mix with it beer-wise, mm-hmm. so I, I, I didn't get a chance to try it with the beer, but it looked kind of fun. Well, Lori, where can oh, we, it is. Where can we uh, find this? Is this available uh, pretty much any place where uh, mixers are sold? No, not yet. Okay. Uh, that's probably one of the biggest challenges. And if any of your listeners know anybody at Specs, <laughs> send them my way. Okay. All right. In the meantime, <laughs> um, how do people find you? On our website, which is uh, smokin, www.smokinmary.com, mm-hmm. you can order it. We'll ship anywhere. It's also, um, now that we're in football season, we're having a lot, a lot of activity. Because uh, it's an easy fix for easy. Yeah, the for tailgating the, party. For tailgating yeah. and, and for football parties, absolutely. <laughs> you can make yes, that easily, yeah. like make a picture of it real oh, I'm quick having a football party easy, tonight. Yeah. We're going to have to uh, mix some of this up. It'll be go. perfect. It'll be perfect. So There you go. Uh, um, the other thing, too, is we are um, we're going to be a Texas proud company here very shortly. Uh, we're going to start 
manufacturing and producing out of Carrollton, which is right outside the Dallas area. Nice, nice. So we're going to be Texas. Well, Texas welcome, proud. Welcome to the state. You have to get uh, uh, one of those bumper stickers that we see here a lot that says, uh, I'm not originally from Texas, but I got here as quick as I could. <laughs> That's Well, yes, absolutely. I've got lots of really good friends that are Texans, and yeah, yeah I have I hold it near and dear to my heart. Well, the show is heard all over the world, but uh, but we make no uh, we make no bones about being from Texas. In our case, from uh, the greater Houston area, and uh, so we welcome you to the Lone Star State, Lori. That's awesome. Thanks. So, thank you for spending some time with us. Thank you for crafting such a uh, a wonderfully delicious and savory uh, uh, mix. This is almost the type of thing I was thinking last night as I was drinking it that. Um, you could almost enjoy this just without the vodka by itself. But then I very quickly stepped in to correct myself and went, why? That's crazy talk. What do you think? You know, know, the best part about this right now is I had a conversation with my wife earlier, and she goes, I hadn't thought about dinner yet, so if you have any ideas, let me know. But Uh, I promise, she has now watched this show, and she's already looking at that bottle sitting on the counter going, uh, all right, uh, we're going to do something about that for dinner. Yes, I love it. I love it. (laughs) Well, Lori, thank you very much. Uh, The website, again, is smoking with an N. And no G, smokinmary.com. Yes. And uh, we encourage people to go and, and find out uh, more about it and order some of this stuff. You will not be disappointed, we promise. Lori, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. You guys have a great rest of the day. And Thanks. You too. Same to you. Thank you, Lori. All right, Lori Nadu uh, is that Nadu is that Nadu Nadu uh, from Smoke and Mary, and that was delicious. And now, Ian, we got to go to break, but before we do, we haven't tried our Oktoberfest yet uh, for the show, and it's at now actually October. So we've been drinking Oktoberfest since July. I, I thought we were going to do Christmas beers once October hit. That well, yeah. The idea actually <laughs> was to do the uh, the spring or pumpkin ales. Yeah, actually, the idea was to do the spring beer, but. Uh, I don't think it comes out for another week. <laughs> no, that comes so, out in January. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I'm actually really excited about this, and I don't believe I've had the opportunity to ever taste this one before. Uh, this is... I'm pretty sure I've never had that before as the well. The Bell's Oktoberfest. Bell's from Comstock, Michigan, or Kalamazoo. Now, you know how you, I feel about Bell's, would. right? Well, okay, so you've got Mich- some Michigan roots, right? You've got family. Oh, i got lots of family in yeah. Michigan. So this is... Uh, Bell's is something you were familiar with even before yes, I, I was. To, I became familiar with them once this became available in Texas. Right. right? When I used to uh, when I used to visit family up north, I would pick up Bell's every chance I could and bring mm-hmm. it home. And the Two Hearted Ale is one of the best oh, that's so uh, IPAs in existence. Two Hearted Ale is And fantastic. I've thought that's since the beginning. Apparently, I was proven right, too, because it, it was voted. Oh, it, yeah. It, isn't it the one that finally beat out yes. Pliny the Elder? Yes. Yeah. So uh, in, um, the big, in the big they IPA. Make, they make so many good beers. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and I love, I've been uh, I've been up at the New Potato, my friend's bar, my friend Paul's bar, and uh, he had a keg of uh, their best brown ale, which is amazing. Oh yeah, they have a great brown. Yeah, they their brown really ale is so good. Well, I'm excited to try, and I've never tried. This is a Marzen, so it's a lager. Um, it is um, uh, from Bell's. It's in the wonderful orange packaging, as you would expect for Oktoberfest. And by the way, I haven't tasted yet, but on the nose, I got all this yeast and baking spice. Just this tastes like autumn. Well, see that to me is what an Oktoberfest tastes is supposed like, to do. This tastes like the leaves changing colors. That's why I love the St. Arnold Oktoberfest because more than any other one that I've had at least so far, and I haven't tasted this, but uh, it it makes me think autumn. It makes me think this, the leaves. This might colors. rival it. This is so good. Like the mm. the baking spices right mm. up front, the the big maltiness, but still very drinkable. Very drinkable mm-hmm. and not not 
sticky sweet or anything like mm-hmm. that, but just such a nice, crisp, wonderful beer. Well, we know these guys know how to make beer, as you were as you Yeah, were they do such already. a good job. Uh, but I would say, wow. And this is... If you're one of our uh, one of our uh, Texas Houston listeners, you can find this pretty easily on the shelves here now. Nice, and it's it's worth uh, it's worth the worth the look. Uh, that's terrific, uh, Ian. I'm gonna have to find this and uh, compare it to. You know, I have a keg of um, Oktoberfest on tap at my house. The St. Arnold? The Arnold. Do you have a keg? Yes. Oh, dude. <laughs> Because mm, Oktoberfest. Who's your friend? Who's your buddy? <laughs> I just tapped it the other night, too. I got wow. it to where the foam's just right and everything. Mm. Oh, speaking of foam, we're going to talk about that coming up on the show, the importance of the foam in your beer. It's one of our Beer 101 segments. Uh, that is coming up. Plus, um, Conor McGregor's new whiskey is out, and there's an early review. And I have a feeling that Wade Woodard, our whiskey blogger uh, from last week, is going to agree with this review in full. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so we'll get to that coming up. Plus, uh, we'll do some more tasting. We're going to be uh, tasting the Hopatulis IPA from NOLA Brewing in Nolens, Louisiana, uh, coming up in the next segment. And some Bones Rum is on the way from Bones St. Thomas. Rum. Bones, yeah, skull and crossbones on the label. Bones. Uh, so we'll get to all of that at Smoking and Toasting, and we will be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, it's smoking and toasting, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. We are brought to you by B and B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. And um, I'll tell you, B and B in Houston, 1814 Washington Ave is the site for the whiskey sniff. We talked about it quite a bit in the first segment, but one of the things I wanted to mention is the <laughs> there's going to be some really interesting people there. Uh, in addition to representatives from some of the whiskey and uh, and spirits companies and the cigar companies that will be there to talk whiskey and cigars with you and answer your questions. Ian will be there to personally show you how to do the whiskey sniff. Like you're you're going to demonstrate this before at the at the beginning of the evening how the sniff works. Uh, you know this, right? Yes. Okay. Right, you mean good. I have to get on a microphone and start <laughs> saying stuff? You have to get on a microphone and start saying stuff while you are smoking a cigar and choosing a whiskey. I hope this is not asking too much <laughs> oh, yeah. of, well, you uh, know, of you, I, my friend. Well, you know, I'll have to get over my shyness. Yes, and that's that's been a problem. You know past, how I get but... when I get a microphone in front of me. <laughs> yes, I do. I know how you get when you get a whiskey in your hand. <laughs> uh, but that's a completely separate conversation. Uh, and With their powers combined. Our, our friend Chris Hart will be there, who does the uh, Houston uh, Whiskey Social, which is easily can we just best. give a shout out to Chris Hart for being Chris Hart? He's the man. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. The man. And so he'll be there. He'll be talking whiskey. And of course, our buddy, Jeremiah Butler from B&B will be there as well. He'll be hanging and doing the whole whiskey thing. And I can tell you this from the 100th show. When Jeremiah can like let loose and let his hair down a little bit. That is a fun dude to be around. Oh man, you saw the hundredth episode, <laughs> oh, yeah. right? Oh yeah, it was good. It was good. So, uh, so Ian, one of the things we almost always do in the very first segment of the show, uh, and we got so busy talking about the sniffs uh, and and getting ready for Laurie that uh, I I failed to ask you, uh, have you uh, smoked anything interesting? This I was week? I was actually feeling a little bit left Were out you feeling, for a minute. Yeah, there, you should you know? have been. Yeah, it was a bad thing. I felt like you know this is my buddy and he's not and asking he's me not questions asking like me. <laughs> 
So did you smoke anything interesting? This so time? I did uh, what I sometimes do. I went by uh, Casa de Monte Cristo this morning mm-hmm. um, because I had a little bit of time. And uh, I walked in. I chose a few cigars because, you know, they're like certain potato chips. You can't mm-hmm. eat just one. Right. Exactly. Um, so I picked up. Actually, I picked up. So I I reviewed the Pepper Box a few uh, maybe a month ago or something. Like that. It was. A great I picked review. up another one of those. I can't wait just, to smoke. I have not smoked one of those. They're just wait. awesome. They're yeah, just I awesome. can't wait. And I picked up a new uh, My Father that they had on the shelf. Um, mm-hmm. And then, I'm, but, I'm sure that'll be disappointing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like all, the whole My Father line is so good. Uh-huh. Um, but the one that I reviewed is actually a Rocky Patel Edge, and it was oh, really? the A10. The A10, okay. The Edge A10. This was their tenth year anniversary right, Edge, right? right. And uh, can you believe the Edge? Can you believe first of all? The I remember when it first came out. Yeah, it's been ten years. Holy crap! Am I getting old? Yes, you are. Damn it! But <laughs> <laughs> but if you wouldn't mind, just could you stop being younger than me? I appreciate that. <laughs> I'll do what I okay, can. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate. That. I could try acting older. Yeah, yeah. Get off my lawn. <laughs> that works. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the best I can here. So this is a six by fifty two Toro. Um, this is it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it has the classic edge uh, footer on it. Yeah, it's got the, the little band around the foot, foot, which yeah. which wasn't originally there on the edge. By the way, the edge no, was a was a they, they call it their wallet friendly cigar. Yeah, it was unbanded, and it was completely unbanded. And they added the footer later to to help. Uh, alleviate the problems they had with uh, counterfeits right. and, and confusion in and, the um, industry and, and stuff. I think they still do this, but the Edge used to come in these huge boxes of like a hundred cigars. Oh, I don't. I don't yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that's. Uh, I I don't know whether you can buy them in smaller boxes or not because I've always just bought them singles. Right. But when you go into the cigar store, generally they're in this long row box of like a hundred cigars, which I well, think they, is how they come. They. Uh, Hit a spot with those edge cigars are mm-hmm. so good, and they originally came out with a Corojo and a Maduro. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was their two original Both of flavors, which were great. two cigars, affordable. You had two flavors, and there were two sizes, and that yes. was it. Yes, like you didn't get much choice, but you got a great cigar. So this goes this this kind of harkens back to that. Their tenth anniversary was a. Uh, uh, they call it the A10, and it also has a secondary band in a traditional space that says mm-hmm. A10. It's a gorgeous-looking uh, cigar, but it's a barber pole cigar. So it right. has the original Corojo wrapper and the original Maduro wrapper wound as a barbershop pole. Yeah, right, wound around great. it, and it's gorgeous. And I looked at it, and I went, yeah, I have to have that. I'm going there, yeah. Right. Um, so it's a, it's a Honduran binder, Nicaraguan and uh, Panamanian filler, it says. Country of origin is Honduras from the uh, El Paraiso. I think I'm pronouncing that wrong. but uh, El Paraiso. Factory. Paraiso factory. Uh, the wrapper on this was uh, medium brown on the Corojo, dark chocolate uh, for the Maduro wrapper, smooth, uh, very few veins through there, smooth. Mm-hmm. A little bit oily to the touch, it's firm overall cigar. The, the construction, like one of those times you pick yeah. up a cigar and you feel that and you go, this was was built right. You well, know? I, I think that cigar, that style is harder to build, isn't it? With I the, think with, so. I mean, that's got to be harder. Yeah, you, you'd think, and it's gorgeous. It's yeah. just fun to it's fun to smoke because it looks cool too, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm totally fine <laughs> with that. So, um, yeah, and it had a slight oiliness to it that was real pleasant. Um, it felt good under the fingers. The pre light sniff was sweet to me with some pepper spice. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't doing a whole lot on my nose right off the bat, but it was sweet with pepper spice. The pre light draw, I use a punch, is what I what I uh, almost always default to. Uh, if I don't get enough draw, I, I, then I'll clip. Mm-hmm. But I always 
I always start with a punch because, you know, frankly, it's built onto my lighter and that's less stuff i got to carry exactly, around. Exactly, exactly. You know? <laughs> totally get it, totally get it. Um, the, the pre-light draw was effortless. It was um, creamy, sweet coffee, cedar, spicy tingle on my lips. This is just the pre-light draw. I haven't even lit this thing yet. Mm-hmm. So then I lit it and I got toast. Like, I put toast on here with an exclamation point. Well, the best of the edge, uh, it's it's one of the things that those cigars, it's toast. really a characteristic. It has a sweet creaminess to it in the mm-hmm. flavor right off the bat. Big, bold chocolate coffee kind of flavor mm-hmm. and uh, and huge pepper spice. Like, it was, you know how a lot of cigars can have a big, spicy start mm-hmm. and then it settles down. This had that big, f- spicy start, but it was balanced with huge other flavors as well. Awesome. Um, the first third of the cigar, I thought it was a toasty, chocolatey bomb with notes of black pepper and just a hint of maybe cayenne on the back of the tongue. Mm-hmm. Um and had a real solid ash, a super even burn. The second third of this cigar, the pepper profile changed on me. It literally did kind of 180. It turned into more like an earthy green peppercorn kind of hmm. kind of flavor, which has a little bit of uh, uh, what green peppercorn has a little bit of like hay or a little bit of like right. that kind of flavor to it, hints mm-hmm. of that. Um, and then the coffee and creamy notes ramped up substantially right then in the middle of the cigar. Still, the burn was fantastic. The um, the the last third of the cigar, I got a little bit of a run going on, and then it decided, you know what, I'm not going to correct it. I'm going to see what happens, and it just corrected itself. Corrected within, itself. That's fascinating. It corrected itself within a quarter inch of that. Uh, me noticing it. Um, the cedar notes in the cigar ramped up huge. Mm-hmm. It became this huge cedar mocha chocolatey bomb. The sweetness was there the entire time. The pepper maintain the entire time this was a fantastic cigar from beginning to end i enjoyed it i was sad to put it out this was an not not pricey this was an eight dollar and 30 cent cigar i'm talking about Mm -hmm. this gets a solid seven Mm. in my book Mm. for how awesome this cigar was because it it was so complex yes like uh, and i love the edge cigars anyway but this was incredibly complex i will Mm -hmm. be buying more Mm -hmm. of these Right off the bat, a solid seven in my book for eight dollars and thirty cents. That's a better ride than I've had for many fifteen dollars cigars. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding, big time. I had a very similar uh, experience this week in terms of uh, bang for the buck. Uh, although I, it was the best bang for the buck actually because the cigar was a gift. So that's that's when that's when the P to Q goes way <laughs> way up. Right. Uh, no, uh, one of my uh, birthday gifts from my stepson uh, Aaron and his wife Jesse was an Arturo Fuente Sun Grown. 858. Sweet. And uh, the 858 Sun Grown is really, really hard to find. In fact, he was telling me that the shop that he bought it at, they said they'd just gotten it in. They hadn't had it in in like, you know, two years or something like that. And uh, So he gets points for oh, yeah. timing. Oh, yeah. Absolute points and for timing. And for getting you a cigar. And for going, okay, cool. That, yeah, we'll try that one. Um, but the uh, I, I went online looking for some information on this baby, and it's backordered everywhere. Everywhere. Hmm. Uh, so it's definitely a hard-to-find cigar, and uh, Aaron was in the right place at the right time, and I was the beneficiary. You were supposed to have yes. that. Uh, uh, it's, a, uh, it's a gorgeous Ecuadorian Connecticut sun-grown wrapper, uh, Dominican binder and fillers. There was not a lot on the nose for the pre-light, but that was okay because once it was lit, it reminded me of the quality construction and blending that Fuente's always been known mm-hmm. for. And, you know, when we get involved in some of these cool and unique boutique blends, you know, the aging rooms and the uh, room 101s and mm-hmm. the, you know, uh, the AJ Fuente, uh, AJ Fernandez. Yeah. It's easy sometimes 
to not circle back around and enjoy some of the classics. And Arturo Fuente has been making great cigars Absolute for years. classic. And, and uh, this cigar was really no exception to that. It burned perfectly. And the flavor on this thing built in complexity more and more as I smoked. So it was like it was good when I lit it, and then it just got better and better and better and better. And that, to me, is almost like the ultimate cigar experience, nice. you know, where it just grows on you the whole time. Uh, medium to full. Uh, notes of leather and cedar, some cinnamon, and this very pleasant sweetness, but complex. And this is what was interesting, too. For a medium to full, it was pretty mellow. Like, there was absolute zero harshness on this. And, you know, sometimes even the cigars that I am really enjoying the flavor, there'll be this tiny, tiny bit of harshness in there from, yeah. you know, trying to do a relight or, or something. I mean, this this had not a trace of that. Um, kept getting better and better as it smoked. It's about a $7 cigar, uh, which is amazing. Really? So I think I know why it's back ordered everywhere. Right. Uh, uh, I loved it. Peter Q, I had written it down in my notes here, and then you said this about your cigar, a solid seven. Oh, wow. Exactly. That's hilarious. A solid seven. <laughs> Better than some of the much more expensive cigars that I've had this year. I mean, I just thought it was terrific. So That's hilarious. And I'm actually bummed because like, I really want more. Well, the best part is, and you it know. Maybe may be hard to find. You yeah. know, for, for the listeners, we generally are completely uh, autonomous for each other when we. When we yeah, we don't usually talk about yeah. our reviews until it's we like, get oh, it. We're going to smoke. You know, we don't we don't get together and collaborate unless on a rare occasion I'm like here try this one and talk right. about it. You know? And yeah, let's both. But most talk of the time, I have no idea what you're even going to talk about, mm-hmm. and that's that's hilarious that we both had a, a pretty inexpensive cigar that comes in at a seven. And for anyone who is new to the show, two things you should know. First is we spare no expense on quality sound effects. That was no not expense. canned. Oh, wait. It is a can. <laughs> it is a can. Uh, uh, and the second is that uh, the price to quality scale, it's an index that we use here on the show. Uh, it's a 1 to 10, with 5 being you get exactly what you pay for. There is no shame in being a 5. No, uh, that's good B2Q. stuff. That's good stuff, right? If you're less than a 5, you might it means we might feel like we overpaid a little, or that you would overpay if you uh, didn't get it as a gift. Which from, doesn't uh, always make it a bad right? cigar either. No, that's right. We've had some that have I've ranked a four or four and a half that I've really enjoyed, but maybe I thought you know might be just a little shave pricey. a couple dollars yeah. off. Right, yeah, been, right, exactly. Would have been um, cool if something comes in at a seven. We're going wow. Yeah. Uh, in this case of it being a seven dollar or eight dollar cigar, what that's basically what saying did, is what did Wade say last time? It's punching way above its weight class. Yes, that's yes. exactly right. I would have been thrilled if I had I paid ten or eleven dollars for this. You know, Absolutely, not knowing. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to pay more than they have to, but you know what I'm saying. I would not have been upset had it been uh, that much. Yeah, more with the flavor profile that comes out, if you're going above five, mm-hmm. if you feel like you paid. X amount more, and it was still that good. That's mm-hmm. where you're at, you know. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, we have talked about, but I don't know if we've ever done. Have we done a beer from Nola before on the show? We've I don't talked remember. about Nola. I've it's, had it's, Nola because I was actually yes. in New Orleans a couple weeks well, ago. Well, this is one of the reasons I wanted to bring this on the show because I thought you might have stories to tell from Nolans. Well. <laughs> it was a bachelor party. Were you at a bachelor party? Yeah, it was yeah, a bachelor party. Exactly. I will tell you this: uh-huh. at certain disreputable places, yes, the ATM will charge you fifteen dollars to oh, get your money, and it's not a casino. Not a casino. Wow, I think the most I've ever close paid enough like a though. Casino. Some places you just feel like you're putting your money in a money shredder, yeah, or in a, in a paper shredder. Mm. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I mean, 
fifteen dollars at an ATM. Wow, wow. I was boggled by that. Well, uh, we are trying here on this program the Nola Hopatulis IPA. This is delicious. And for anyone who has not spent time in New Orleans, one of the most famous streets in New Orleans and uh, home to great restaurants and bars and music venues is Chapatulis, which is spelled T C H. I won't even try to spell the whole. Uh, word, but it's not chopped with a C H O P and a bunch of other letters. Yeah, it's with a French influence. C H, right? <laughs> uh, but so that's why this was named Hopatulis, I'm sure. Uh, but this is their IPA. It comes in the larger uh, cans, the one pint cans. It's six point five percent. And Ian, thoughts? This is an excellent IPA. It really is, isn't it? Uh, Hopatulis is a product of our brewmaster Peter Hopzilla Cadu's. 30-plus years of brewing experience and overall love for IPAs. Uh, created at our Chapatula Street Brewery, and then Dry Hopped India Pale Ale was handcrafted. I'm trying to read it off the, the can here. With six malts and six hops to accentuate uh, aromas and uh, of citrus and pine. So the citrus on the back end has such a nice crispy finish, and yes. it doesn't linger. It's got a dryness to it that's fantastic, a wine-like kind of dryness even. For people who are new to the show, I'm usually the IPA fanatic, and Ian likes them okay, but is not necessarily as crazy about them as this I This is an incredibly well-balanced mm-hmm. IPA. This mm-hmm. might be one of my favorite IPAs we've even had on this show. It's quite good, yes. This is quite good. malty in the middle. It's not even malty as much up front. It's it's good, it's a little middle. bit hoppy, but the malt profile rolls across the tongue in the middle and finishes with that crisp cleanliness, that dry hop wonderfulness going on. This is a fantastic IPA. It really is. I'm finding myself looking at this can thinking, we got half a can left. This is awesome. <laughs> you pass it over. You're a good man. <laughs> Go ahead and put uh, some more in there. Man. You know, it, it is funny because a lot of times, you know, IPAs, they're just a little too hoppy for me. This right. has such a balance to it that well, I'm 100 percent right. for this. You're right. There is a malt right in the middle of the mm-hmm. flavor uh, profile that that kind of works its way forward and backward. I guess it, this it, has yeah the balance like it, it's just amazing because it's not like chewing on a pine cone. It mm. has a little bit of that pine Christmas to the flavor and astringence mm-hmm. even, but it really is balanced by that malt sweetness in the middle. And this is an incredibly balanced IPA. I want to make sure I show this to the camera, the Hopatulis. Buy uh, that. That's yeah, amazing. Uh, because we're I'm going to buy that. We're kind of raving about it. So you should uh, you should know that it exists and what it looks like, and you should go out and get some. That is our recommendation. Today's been a good show. We're raving about everything today. Oh, and guess what? We haven't even gotten to the Clown Shoes Pecan Pie Porter. It's hard to say anything bad about clown shoes. It is. And doesn't pecan pie porter sound like... It does. They'd have to almost work to make that bad. (laughs) (laughs) So we haven't tasted it yet. We'll see what we think. Uh, That is coming up. Plus, Eloquence uh, Magazine has named a Gurkha the top cigar for 2018. What? Yeah, we'll get to that coming up. And also, by the way, um, higher FDA fees are going to mean cigar price increases because this is what happens my good buddy, Chris Hart, when you allow the government to do this and you trust him to make the right decision. You know, the government can lower prices, too. They can. They actually can. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. The Cleveland Browns could win the Super Bowl, too. They can. They can. It's not impossible. Yet. By tonight, it might be. But, but, yet, <laughs> uh, but yet, they could still do it. All right, we're going to uh, take a break. We'll be right back with... Uh, uh, more smoking and toasting. You are listening to the program that's all about craft beer, uh, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. We'll be right back.
We got some great shout-outs on uh, Facebook mm-hmm. with uh, Paul from the New Potato. Back to Smoking and Dustin'. We are the program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. We're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Uh, that is where we'll be for the Whiskey Sniff next Wednesday. Tickets are uh, still available, but I wouldn't wait. Buy them now. Uh, let's let's get the show on the road. And, uh, I dare make you sure, to show up to that. Make sure you can uh, you can be there. Eloquence Magazine has named a top cigar uh, for 2018, uh, and they've named Gurkha's His Majesty Reserve, the HMR, the top dream smoke for 2018 in their fall 2018 edition. The HMR is known as being the world's most expensive cigar. It's uh, got a unique blend of 15-year Connecticut Maduro wrapper and 12-year-old Dominican binder and filler that's aged with uh, uh, Louis Thirteenth Cognac. Each cigar contains one shot of cognac and sells for $3,500 per stick. Per cigar. It's seventy grand for a box of these. Okay, Gurkha. Challenge to Gurkha. Yes. I don't believe you. Send me one. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, you and I have been very vocal about this on the show. We both started out with the Gurkhas as... Thinking they were just pretty darn good. There was good. a time yes. when Gurkha could do no wrong. That's right. And their construction in particular, the flavor I think has remained relatively consistent. But the construction in particular got so bad, I saw, I wouldn't buy a Gurkha. Anymore. Well, there was a time when uh, if you looked at my humidor, you would find near a box of the Beast mm-hmm. every single time. Yes, yes. Uh, what a great cigar. And, and assorted other Gurkhas. But again, yeah, the same thing. They started falling apart. They started being bad. And I don't know if they've turned that corner because I haven't gone back to that brand yet now i have had a few of the really high-end gurkhas um uh including one that the uh, who gave us when we were at presidential cigars that time oh it wasn't uh um i can't remember okay. his name but anyway i've had a few of the higher end ones mm-hmm. and they smoked fine well but Oh uh, yes, I, I know. I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the little, uh, uh, the little ones, uh, the little gurkhas. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. And, yeah, and those are great. And the bottom line is this: like, I haven't gone back to them enough to know if they've turned that corner where their quality mm-hmm. of construction mm-hmm. is back. But three thousand dollars for a cigar, I'm going to assume it smokes well. I don't know how it's going to do it on better. a price to quality. Well, it's going to do terrible. It's going to be a one. <laughs> Even if it's the best cigar you've ever smoked, it's going to be a one. <laughs> it would have to be, right? You, you'd think, right? Yeah. So this is what I'm thinking when, when you have a discussion about this. First of all, um, you know how cigars are. They're a handmade product, right? Yes. So sometimes even the best blends, the ones you read the best reviews of, the ones that maybe you've had them before and they've been very good, sometimes you'll get a dud. Right, yep. you just do. You know, it, it didn't get rolled quite right. Some of the tobacco wouldn't. Even the quite best right. cigars Even out the best. there. Yeah, it, it, happens. it happens. Right, and and one of the things you have to know as a cigar smoker is, you know, it's kind of the cost of the hobby. There's a chance every now and then that's going to happen. You have to go, oh well, and kind of move on to your next one and hope that it doesn't happen to you too often. Can you imagine getting the it, one? If it was the thirty five hundred dollars cigar and you get the one dud, can you even imagine? Wah, wah, yeah, wah. yeah, and I I guess my only real question and. It, in my mind, Gurkha, don't focus on making $3,500 cigars. Focus on making your $8 cigar 
not fall apart when you smoke it. Yeah. That's what I would say. And make secondly, me a fan again. Yeah. Right, because right, their flavors, their, their the flavor profiles great. were awesome. Now, Gurkha was never known for big flavor cigars. They were always in the mild, in medium the mild range. medium, yep. They yep. made a couple that were in the, the medium, and, yeah, yeah. approaching mm-hmm. full, mm-hmm. but they were always fantastic flavors. And I was really sad when I couldn't buy, couldn't buy them anymore because mm-hmm. they just... They just fell to pieces. Like you try to smoke them, and they just, you know, like they'd unravel. They'd have, they'd be plugged, or they had so many issues. They'd run, you know. You know, I'm, I'm just thinking, even if I had the money, where I could justify buying and smoking a thirty-five hundred dollar cigar, I think I'd have to be standing, you know, outside with it lit, drawing on it, thinking, "This is amazing." I'm and, just saying, and prove I it. am such an ass. Prove it, Gurkha. Send me one. Let me find out if it's actually worth yeah. thirty five hundred bucks. Yeah, I think you're right. Like that's a tough one. Yeah. You know, I was expecting you to say I had no idea what you were going to say. I was expecting you to say it's a thousand dollar cigar, right. eight hundred dollar cigar, right. something or ridiculous. Some of the Dunhills, which is ridiculous. Right. Yes, thirty five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. It does come with its own drink. I'm going to do that again. Oh, that was good. <laughs> it does come with its own drink, which it makes it slightly redeemable, but that means if the cigar is only worth $3,000, then the drink's worth $500. i will say it again. I'd be standing out there. I'd have it lit up. I'd be drawing on it, puffing it away, thinking, this is, this is amazing. With my luck, the mosquito truck would come by. This is amazing, <laughs> and I am such an asshole. That's what I'd be thinking. There's no way around it. I like the idea that I'm standing there smoking a three hundred, yeah. a three thousand five hundred dollars cigar, and a yeah. mosquito truck comes by and sprays everything. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, uh, let there be rum uh, as we move on to something that, and this is really interesting because we move on from something that's actually really overpriced to something that is uh, actually not overpriced at all. In fact, I want to say that this is about $29 per bottle. Uh, I could be off on that a little bit because I actually bought this a while back and been saving it to bring on the show. But it's not expensive. It's Bones, Virgin Islands rum. It's uh, crafted in St. Thomas, uh, the U.S. Uh, Virgin Islands. And it so it really everywhere down in that area is known for growing the sugar cane and distilling the rum. But I don't know a lot of um, Virgin Island rums. Know a lot of you know Barbados and uh, uh, Jamaican rums and uh, different different places throughout Latin Have America. Have you ever tasted an actual just piece of sugar cane? Have you ever chewed on one yes. of those before? Yes, I have. There's a bitterness that's on the tail end of that. It's mm-hmm. a very organic thing, and this actually has that in there. It also has a metric ton of caramel and sweetness in yes. there. And it has vanilla, too. Lots I'm of vanilla. I'm picking up lots yeah. of vanilla. What I think is interesting, and yes, I had opened this bottle before, so I have had this one because I couldn't resist, but I've been waiting to bring it on the show. What I thought about this rum is I thought this is a wonderful example, and I wanted to bring it on the show Wonderful example to say you don't have to buy a $75 or $80 bottle of rum to get something that just sips wonderfully and feels totally like high-end. Have you tried this with a piece of ice? Because I bet with a piece of ice. That with a piece of ice would be good. Just I have outstanding. Not. Yeah, I have not. That would be. I was thinking today about chilling rum, like how that would be, you know? I could see this going with just about any Maduro cigar. Oh, yes. 
thing um, about that with the chocolatiness of the of the Maduro cigar. Yeah. Yes. Uh, absolutely. Um, this is pleasant to sip. I could also see, like, I could see with this rum, you'd have to pick and choose what kind of cocktail you made with it because it has such a distinct flavor mm-hmm. that with certain rum cocktails, they would want more of that spiciness right. or this something like that. This, 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 this is not a spicy rum. This is not a spicy rum. Right. This, this is, is very sweet. sweet. Yeah. Um, and it really does have that like vanilla caramel like sugar cane i find it just this absolutely delicious earthy yeah it does you know i mean this this tastes like real deal it tastes like fresh ingredients does that make sense yes it makes total sense and again it's not an expensive rum in fact it's one of the lesser expensive ones you'll find on the shelf and it's totally i think totally worth the price i think you have a winner. <clears throat> I think we do. I'm uh, so excited. Plus, I like that you the like pirate this. map on the front. Yeah, it, look, anything that's got skull and crossbones is going to catch my attention. <laughs> and it has the bandana scarf around its neck, which I kind of like too. So, if you're uh, going to so hang a man, you need yeah. to stick around and make sure I'll the job's I'll done. I'll show the bones to the camera there. There you go. There you go. Thank you. For the, <laughs> thank you for the movie quote. That was awesome. Oh, um, so um, there's, I mean, there's just so much going on and I'm, I'm trying to actually- that brings me back by the way you mentioned earlier the fistful of bourbon is going to be at our event yes i mentioned to them when we went to the went to the uh release party for fistful of bourbon mm-hmm. that i expect their next release to be called for a few bourbons more uh see that makes total sense to me i'm i'm with you see you and i are on the same page about <laughs> so many things um so uh, some some things are happening in the craft beer uh, world, although craft beer is is continuing to become a larger and larger part of what's sold with beer, um, there have been some slowdowns, and they particularly affected some of what you might call the larger craft beer companies. So if you think of Boston Beer, for example, that makes sense. Right, Sam right. Adams has gone through uh, just some struggles as people are trying. I mean, you know, I can I can walk from my house now to about three different craft breweries that's how that's how much yeah. they pr- proliferated and pretty much all of them are made make great beer like it, it's it's made, and it's fun to try all these things and some of it's stuff that's not available in stores and so the the sort of newest and most local kind of vibe has taken a toll on some of the original leaders of the craft beer uh, movement and Lagunitas which actually is now owned by Heineken um, they were sold to Heineken several months ago uh, but they just laid off 100 workers uh, so you're seeing these shifts these seismic shifts in the craft beer industry and it's just it's just a bummer to think well, about well i think i think everything's kind of up in the air right now like craft beer has exploded so much and it's grown mm-hmm. and it's grown uh, because people can now have flavor they can have the kind of flavor that they want. They could try different flavors. Like that it's, IPA it's we talked about. exciting, yeah. yes. Oh, yes, it's it is. It's exciting to try so many new beers. I mean, if we didn't do that, we wouldn't have this show. That's right. Um, but That's I think what's going to start happening now, too, is the dust is going to settle. And what's going to happen is, as far as the national distributed craft brewing, uh, I think that the best ones are probably going to hang around. Mm-hmm. Some of the ones that aren't as good uh, or have unfortunate, don't have the distribution, things like that, may be limited by that but i think the other thing that's happening is the grassroots you can go down to a brewery and have a beer at the brewery that doesn't even necessarily bottle or can their beer i think there's a large part of that the community brewery where people gather and go have a few beers at the brewery 
I think is becoming a bigger and bigger thing right now. Well, it really is. We got together uh, for uh, my wife kind of put together a little mm-hmm. surprise birthday, just a little get together. It wasn't like a formal party, but we did it at Platypus Brewing yep. here in Houston, and it was awesome. Like everybody was drinking craft beer, and mm-hmm. you know we had plenty of room out there. We could uh, smoke cigars in the outdoor patio. It was it was just a really fun thing. And you're right, that has almost for beer lovers almost replaced you know going out to the bar in some yeah places, and there you know? wasn't a lot of choices in beers except for what they had and that was because enough. that's their yeah. brew yeah and they have they have enough choices but you didn't go in there and find you know 322 taps mm-hmm. you went in there and you found 12 taps right, a dozen of taps, their own yes. flavors and they were uh, and they were what? great yeah, great quality I, beers and then they delicious. had great food i had the steak and mushroom pie there that mm. night it was so good and we had th- those guys on the show uh, about a month ago yeah. and they were they were great they brought in some great beers and everybody but you're right that's because it, there's almost a community f- yeah. vibe to that yeah. kind of a place you and know? i think that that's when the dust settles you're going to have the best of the best are going to be standing as national distributed uh flavors yes, i think you're right and product and then you're going to have like those little community places and that's going to be what they do Lagunitas was announced earlier this year as one of five u.s craft beer brands that was gaining dollar share then, of course, they come off of that list because they get purchased by Heineken, so right. they can't uh, legally be uh, considered a craft beer by the Brewers Association. But as of July 14th, Lagunitas ranked fourth in dollar share, up 4%, and sixth in volume, up 5% in the industry. Uh, it was founded in 1993, um, best known for its uh, IPAs and its other kind of full-flavored uh, options, but they're not the only brewer cutting staff. Earlier this year, Constellation Brands eliminated much of their beer uh, craft beer sales team. New Belgium laid off 4% of its staff in February. Green Flash cut uh, 15% of its workforce and ceased distribution in 32 states earlier this year as well. I think some of this, to be honest with you, Ian, is just a, it's a leveling out. Are you, you know? familiar with uh, Green Flash Brewing? Uh, only by name. I have not had any of their beers. I don't I think I've tried one or two, and I don't remember it being that mm-hmm. memorable, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe that's part of what I'm talking about, where you know the best of the best are going to stay, and some of the ones that are good but not, you know, superlatively outstanding, um, may not be able to make it. And when you're cutting 32 states of distribution, that's a big cutback. Let me tell you what is memorable. What I will remember. The smooth rum for the high seas. The molasses. The bones. This is this is really good. I'm going to have some more of this. While we take a break, and we'll be back for our uh, uh, final segment here, we're going to be tasting in our final segment. I'm really excited to bring what this What is you. left? Yes. Oh, left? Oh, dude. Clown Shoes Brewing's Pecan Pie Porter is next, my friend. This might have to go on the books as one of the best shows ever. Uh, at least in terms of tasting. That's yeah. right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. All right. Coming up, we will uh, uh, we will taste that. Plus, uh, we will uh, uh, go over uh, our Beer 101 segment, which is why your beer foam is so important. Plus, Conor McGregor's new whiskey sucks. We'll get to that coming up. What? Man, today is a happy show, isn't it? Happy, 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 joy, joy. Oh, look at that. I love Clown Shoes artwork. Yeah, they really got it together. I love this rum. That rum is is pretty outstanding. On the beach in Hawaii. 
Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. It is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Sugars, I bet. Cigars, cigars. I'm going to have some more rum. Uh, we are so excited to be on show number 108. We're in triple digits here. It's uh, it's pretty awesome. 108 is totally great. It, it really is. 109 will be just fine. Uh, we have, uh, uh, want to say thank you to Lori uh, Nadeau for being on the program. For You're getting totally Mary. Dr. Seuss, you silly uh, goose. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I could keep going. Uh, I really could, but in the interest it has of to stop in the interest of our uh, listenership, I will uh, and viewership, I will, I will stop where we are. Yes, I will. Uh, Conor McGregor is the UFC fighter who actually hasn't fought in the octagon for almost two years, uh, but during this time, he's been working on his personal brand. Of course, he has. You know, uh, I, I fight, I hit, and. Uh, kick people and now I'm going to work on my personal brand uh, and so he working on his personal brand had included moving into the alcohol I- industry where he has launched a new whiskey called proper number 12 let me I just want to read you the first few sentences of the review from business insider all right okay here we go <clears throat> it says if there's one thing journalists like it's free booze now I don't consider myself a journalist but I'm totally in, totally in touch with this like I get it I agree. I mean, we are in it for samples. Yes. So when a bottle of Conor McGregor's new whiskey, proper number 12, was sent to Business Insider's London Bureau, it made its way through each desk quicker than currency and cigarettes get passed around prison blocks. Oh! (laughs) But any excitement that we could drink on the clock faded when we realized one not-so-sobering thing. This was not good whiskey. (laughs) <laughs> it smelled like ethanol and tasted only marginally better, our fine tech guru Oscar Williams Groot said. A small initial sip was deceptively okay, but subsequent snifters were like vanilla flavoring trying to cover up rubbing alcohol. <laughs> These are the reviews on Conor McGregor's new whiskey. So it just really reminds me, makes me think of uh, Wade Woodard t- last week talking about how he. Th- just felt like most of these, uh, and yeah. his whole thing is just keeping people honest, keeping the companies honest. And uh, a lot of times, I guess, if you've got a, a celebrity, so the, the real question is, where does that spirit come from? Right, right, exactly. And and apparently, it doesn't even matter where it comes from because it's pretty good. Because it ain't good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you get that kind of, it's one thing for them to say, yeah, I thought it was all right. It, you know, it, it didn't really wow me. Right. You know, whatever. Uh, but to say it tastes like ethanol. Ooh, yeah. that's a tough yeah. one. That, that's a, that's a pretty tough one. So, all right, we're gonna get that to might your, make you go blind in one ear. We're gonna get to your beer foam <laughs> in just a moment. That's a new one. I hadn't heard you say that before. <laughs> oh, I got all kinds of them. Uh, I got a million of them. We had a couple of large cans today. The uh, the one pint cans. Uh, we did that with the Nola IPA, the Hopatulis IPA, and now we're doing it with one. And I've got to show this to the camera because this is, well, their cl- artwork. Clown Shoes Beer has always been known for great artwork on yeah, their cans. Their artwork, particularly is awesome. if you're a fan of like comic book style art, right. they really, really do that well in a lot of different uh, styles. Actually, this is the pecan pie porter uh, from Clown Shoes, and I've been really excited. I've not tasted this Ian, but I've been really excited to bring it onto the show and to give you. A, a chance to taste this. Now, we've had some wonderful uh, pecan porter from our friends up in Austin, Texas at, uh, uh, at what was it, 512? Is oh, yeah, yeah. 512, the yeah, pecan, oh, 512 the pecan, pecan porter. Yeah, 512 pecan porter is oh, the pecan oh. porter. So it'll be interesting to me to see how like, this compares. That pecan porter is so good that that's what you compare 
pecan porter. Too. Right. So exactly. So just like we kind of use the St. Arnold Oktoberfest yes. as our sort of standard for Oktoberfest, although we might have found a new one today, uh, the 512 pecan porter is what we would use as the standard. Uh, but let's see how Clown Shoes does. Now, I, I love- got to tell you, on the nose, yeah. this smells like the edge of your pie burnt just slightly. It says malt beverage brewed with natural flavors and spice. I will tell you that I love what Clown Shoes is all about. They're from Massachusetts, which already had, uh, in the Massachusetts, in the Boston area, there's already Harpoon, which is a great- Isn't Clutch from there, too? I believe so, yes. Uh, it's That uh, happened after I left. But the uh, the uh, Harpoon is kind of like their Shiner or their uh, um, Sam Adams, even though Sam Adams is also from there. It's They make great beers, but they've been there a little while, and they've kind of worked their way into taps all around the city. You can find them just about everywhere, and they continue to innovate and do great stuff, and, and they're a lot of fun. Clown Shoes was their unruly little brother that popped up across the street, and they've just done everything for a while. You it's could only clown get shoes clown like shoes. Dennis the Menace a yeah, little bit. You could only get them in bombers for for the longest time, and their beers all had really interesting and unusual names. And the fact that you've pushed your uh, glass back over to me tells me a little something about what I'm going to expect you to say about their pecan pie porter. Ian, you uh, you have the mic. I'm for it. Okay, you have to do better than that because I need to drink some. <laughs> okay, so yeah, the whole time you were talking, I was drinking. I was like, I'm so glad Cruz is talking because mm. I can drink beer. <laughs> All right, so this right here, like on the nose, uh, this has the classic porter smell, uh, but you get a little bit of that, like you just burnt the edge, just mm-hmm. the outside edge of that pecan pie crust. I was just about to say it's got a burnt flavor to There's it, which a little is bit not of that. a bad thing at no, all. No, I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Um, and you expect it to be a big sweet. And it's Pardon not, me, it's not sweet, sweet at all. Pecan pie flavored thing. Well, but it's not. One of the reasons I actually don't eat more pecan pie than I do is I find it a little oversweet. Like I like I, pecan I appreciate pie, the taste, but it, it's like it's like biting into Okay, like so pecan pie I don't super sugar. I don't eat a lot of sweets at all. Mm-hmm. Pecan pie it might be my kryptonite. That's one of the things where you do. Yeah, yeah, that might be. That's like the one thing that's so ridiculously sweet that I could just eat a lot of. Mm. This is not that sweet, actually. It's uh, it's thick as motor oil. Um, yes, it's it is. Dark. It's uh, it's wonderful. Um, but it's not really sweet. It has more of the bitter flavors in it, and yes. and the pecan has a little bit of sweetness to it. But the pecan is more of a subtleness in there. This is actually a delicious beer. When you say bitter, beyond, yeah. When you say bitter, it, it's kind of like a dark chocolate bitter. That is, yeah, or more like yeah. a uh, ESB type bitter, extra mm-hmm. special bitters mm-hmm. type bitter, like the good kind of bitter that you want in something. Not like, not like bitter like bitter beer face. Remember those commercials, right? Right. Which, yeah, by yeah. the way, those commercials were actually pretty funny. They were actually, but, pretty good. Yes. Um, but the nice thing about this is you expect a pecan pie porter to be incredibly sweet and this is not mm-hmm. right this lays on the tongue as uh, first off as a porter as a beer with enough sweetness to get those two things across but with the pecan pie flavoring coming as like the after the 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 the, the end of the palate and the retro hail like my nose mm-hmm. when i'm when mm-hmm. i'm breathing out is filled with that wonderful pecan pie pecan flavors it's really this is good Mm-hmm. It really is. It's, I'm, I'm it's sorry, a, I'm not being that articulate right but now. No, you're you're saying it. Uh, how about how about beer good? Mm-hmm. Beer good, beer very good. 
Um, this has been a great show for tasting. Yes, it has. So uh, let's talk a little bit about beer foam. Not a lot of foam in this pecan pie porter, but there is a little ring of it. You can see in the, even in the cups we're using, you can see a little ring of it around the top. And why is this foam important, Ian? This is, I mean, obviously it's from the carbonation of the beer. But why is it important? I mean, I've I've seen people try to learn how to pour a beer so that there's no foam. Oh no no, no you no should never do that. Top. You should but never do that. What I like to do, nor should you generally. Yeah, just dump it in. And I say generally because this is there are some sessions uh, mm-hmm. exceptions, but nor should you generally just hard pour your beer. You mm-hmm. should always pour it down the side of the glass so that you get the gentle pour. And then, as your uh, glass gets you fuller, tip it back you up. tip yep. it back up, and then you can hard pour in the center to get just the right amount of head, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is usually in the neighborhood of about a mm, half quarter an inch, to a half quarter an inch. Quarter to yeah. half an inch, okay, yeah. Um, the, it depends on what, what style of beer you Right, have. right. Yeah. So one of the things it does, uh, first off, is it aerates your beer. It right. gets the flavors the out there. The bubbles pull yes. the flavors out and yes. bring them up. Yes, absolutely. And your nose picks up those flavors. Mm-hmm. That's a right. A lot of those And flavors. one of the things people don't realize is that the nose actually has a lot to do with what we perceive as taste. It's not just the tongue and the roof of the mouth. It's funny you say that because you know we have an event coming up called the Whiskey Sniff. The Whiskey Sniff. Thank you. Thank you. Right. It's you picked all that about right that. up. You're so good. You're so good at this. I, I love I love doing this show with you. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the nose picks up so many of those flavors, and that's one of the things that the that the uh, foam on the top of the beer mm-hmm. is so good for. Is now it is possible to overdo it. Absolutely. I, uh, I remember I went uh, a month or two ago. Uh, my wife and I went on a little uh, uh, getaway to San Antonio. While I was there, I tried to buy as many San Antonio beers as, as I had. And we just can't bring all the beer that I want to try on the show. It, it, on the show. Eventually, I drink That's it. because your car is small and you don't have a very big trunk. Well, but it's also because we don't do that many beers per show. We do like three beers per show. Uh, <laughs> or, but trust me, I can find a way to get beer home. I'll strap beer to the top of the car. I mean, I'm, I'm not above doing that at all. I totally uh, so. want to see the beer strapped to the top of a sports car. That's awesome. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm not saying, please, officer, stop me in any right, way. Right. No. no. Uh, but, uh, but what I was going to say is that um, I, I tried beer from a number of the San Antonio uh, breweries that I had not seen their beer uh, show up as much in Houston, or at least I hadn't uh, come across it yet. And one of the things, and I had thought about actually visiting these guys, and I didn't make it, uh, but uh, there's a brewery there called Ranger Creek. So I tried a couple of Ranger Creeks, and I found everything at Ranger Creek that I have tried has been more carbonated than what I am used to. So when you're pouring that beer into a glass, you're getting a huge head of foam. So why is that not good when you get that much foam? Uh, you know, uh, uh, we all know why the foam is good because it pulls the flavor out. But if you get too much that all you're drinking is foam in those first few sips, then you're getting, I think, an altered. You're not getting the true flavor of the beer. No, you're you're getting just the top notes of the right. flavor. It's not worth it. And plus, if you try to drink through that foam, which I always do, but, I do. Yes, but you know, then it's a little gassy and it's a little, you know, mm-hmm. it's in insubstantial and it's annoying. Mm-hmm. You're, or you're you get the, doing it to get it out of the way. You get so the you get exact amount it takes to where when you try to take a sip, you get a tiny bit of beer, but mostly foam. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody, which is, is by the way, when I when I tapped that keg of uh, San Arnold the other night, mm-hmm. that's what I had because I looked online and I started researching. I was like, okay, how much pressure do I need for my CO two? And I said ten to twelve pounds. So I said it that it was way foamy. 
So did you back the pressure off? I talked to my buddy Paul at the New Potato. He's got many taps at his place. Mm-hmm. I said, what do you set it to? And he goes, 30-something. I said, that seems excessive. He goes, oh, yeah, they're all regulated per keg, though. <laughs> I said, okay. oh, okay. that makes sense. So I backed it down. I took his advice. I actually purged the keg. I purged the uh, line. And then I set it to like three or four, and it's pouring mm, great. Pouring great head on it. It's pouring great. Uh, and how is it out of the keg? Like, are you noticing any flavor differences to, uh, we've had it out of both bottles and cans already this year. I have noticed that my uh, refrigerator is a little cold, and I probably need to warm it up just a touch. Because oh, no, it comes out that. super cold. Don't do that. So what I do is I pour it into a pint glass, and I let it sit for a few minutes. Uh, see, I'm, to to I'm, just let it warm up there, because so, it's a little too cold. I know it's wrong, Well, it chokes, I love it chokes some cold. of those flavors. No, that, Great for crispy beers, but... For for something really malty, I want that sweetness, and it chokes some of the sweetness away. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, I'll I'll I'll, I'll go with you. Right I'll go with you for now. I'll go with you for now. Uh, all right, we have got to wrap up the show. I want to thank our uh, special guest, Laurie Nadeau from uh, Smoke and Mary, for being on the program with us today. Now, next week's show is still a little in flux, but here's what's in. Here's what the plan is. You know what next week's going to be after, right? It's going to be right after the whiskey right after sniff. the whiskey yes, sniff. I know, which is where you let your nose choose the whiskey. That's right. Well, uh, I hope you are ready because next week, right after the whiskey sniff, if all goes down the way it is looking like it's going to, uh, we will be doing the show live from Stogie's in Houston, Stogie's uh, uh, World Class Cigars, and we'll be joined by a veritable plethora, and I don't use the word plethora lightly, a veritable plethora of superstars from the cigar industry. At least I won't be hung over after the whiskey. Oh, not at all, not at all, not at all. Uh, Alan uh, Denny, our friend from EP Carrillo, is helping us put this together, awesome. uh, and uh, so he's reaching out to some friends that he knows are in town for uh, a combination of our um, our event. On, Speaking uh, of EP Carrillo, on Wednesday, we're going to have forty eight of those available for the first forty eight people coming through. the uh, door. Yes, the first fifty people through the door will get their own uh, EP Carrillo. Uh, uh, actually, it's not through the door. I'm sorry, it's the first fifty tickets sold. So I don't know that may be out of reach at this point. But uh, and this is a small event, by the way. But it will be a sellout. So you're going to want to grab your tickets in advance. Go to Eventbrite.com. We're talking about the whiskey sniff now. Go to Eventbrite.com. Uh, search for the whiskey sniff and join us Wednesday at B and B Butchers and restaurant in Houston. If you're listening from out of town, uh, as long as this goes well, we'll be coming to your town soon with a whiskey sniff. We're also, excited about it. Uh, if you're loving what you see, please share it on your uh, social media. Share it on Facebook. Share it on yeah. everything oh, out there. And let me ask you to do us a favor, too, just for the whiskey sniff. Uh, if you will go to the Smoking and Toasting Facebook page and just share that post about the whiskey sniff, to share it to your friends, we would hugely appreciate it. We'll owe you a beer, and I will buy you one when I see you, because I'm that kind of a guy. That's how I roll. <laughs> uh, enjoying this pecan pie porter. Ian, do you have a favorite of the beers we tasted today? The Marzen, the uh, uh, IPA from Man, uh, NOLA, Today and was an outstanding porter. showing, so yeah. it's a little tough. Um, uh, without trying them back-to-back, it's hard to tell. Bells and St. Arnold are still... Probably right now, top running for Oktoberfest. One and two at the very like, least. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Like that Bells is an outstanding beer. Um, this might be one of the better IPAs I think I've ever had. The Hopatulas. So uh, that's fantastic. And Clown Shoes maintains. Mm-hmm. Like they abide. They. <laughs> I know I just did that. 
<laughs> you did, and I appreciated it. Uh, hey, but well, clown shoes is always good. They're, yeah. they're always so good. Um, favorite beer from them? Not really, but a damn good beer. Yeah. And I'm well, fine with that. A, what is your favorite clown shoes beer? Do you, do you know off the top of your head? You know, that's a little tough because yeah. they got so many. I know, and they're and they're so they're so bizarre and weird. There's so many. Them, they so. have one called a unicorn, a blakehorn unicorn. Yes. Blake, yeah. I can't. They have such bizarre names, but that one. Those would be some amazing. guys to get on the show. I would love to get clown shoes on the show. That would be pretty amazing. Well, what a fun tasting that would be. All right, so we are uh, very excited about the Whiskey Sniff. We want to say uh, thank you to those of you who have already purchased your Blake tickets. Blakehorn Unidragon. Blakehorn Unidragon. There it thank is. Thank you. All right. I knew it was weird. All right. Uh, we'll see you at the Sniff on Wednesday if you're in the greater Houston area. Please come out to uh, B&B Butchers and Restaurant and join us. Tickets at eventbrite.com for the Whiskey Sniff. And uh, we just want to thank you for get being part tickets. of the show. Get your tickets. You're not cool unless you buy two. Well, that's right. And uh, bring somebody fun with you because we love having a good time. Thank you to everybody for uh, uh, contributing to the program today. Thanks to Adam on the Wheels of Steel. And we are uh, out, my friends. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you at the Sniff. And uh, I'll say it again there. Cheers. Cheers. This show is a blast.